0: Welcome to Before the Bestseller, where we talk with our favorite authors, entrepreneurs, and oftentimes authorpreneurs about the exact steps and processes they used to build their brand, sell their books, and grow their businesses. I'm excited to have you on board for this episode. My name is Alex Rathi, fellow author and founder of AdvancedAmazonAds.com and PodPR.co. I hope that you're able to take away at least one new bit of knowledge or tactic from this episode that you can use to make a world of difference in your own journey. If you do find one, let me know what it was in a review and anything that we can do to make the show a more enjoyable listening experience. For access to our free Amazon advertising course, visit us at advancedamazonads.com slash before the bestseller. In this episode of The How, we talk about how John retired at 32 with his books, how he's built his YouTube channel to over 200,000 subscribers, and how he's now using his latest book, Self-Confidence for Men, as a lead generation tool for his Bulldog Mindset courses. It's great to hear from people who have actually accomplished such great things, but what I try to focus on in these, uh, these How episodes is really exactly what steps over what time frame John took to get where he is today. That way, it's a lot more accessible and easily replicated for someone who's listening and even for myself. So let's jump in with the how episode with John Sonmez. From each one gives people some background on your story. I do want to jump into the marketing, the building of your communities but I have one quick question. I do love uh, really quick for the audience. I do love your kind of take on you retired at 33 and you were miserable. Why were you miserable and what did you figure out?
1: Yeah. so it was kind of interesting because ever since I was young, I, my whole goal in life was I wanted to retire young so I could just have the time to do what I wanted to do to mostly play video games and you know just hang out on the beach or whatever drink my ties on the beach. And so I worked really hard to do that, right? I started investing in the real estate when I was 19, I bought my first house and started buying these properties and I had this plan. It was, it wasn't the best plan, but it was the plan that I had with no guidance or mentorship was, I just knew if I bought a property every year that in 15 years, at least I would be retired uh, because I could, you know, the value would go up and I could sell the first one and you know, leapfrog my, my way up. And so I, you know, I started executing on that plan. And then, you know, and I accelerated the plan actually accidentally by creating the business, right? Cause the business, I was like, oh wow. You know, I remember doing my first launch of my first digital product to the list. And I only had like 3,500 people on the list, but I made like $25,000 in a weekend. And I was like, okay, this is something, you know, this is, this is something else. Uh, then I was doing the plural site courses, had some income coming in there. So I accelerated my, my real estate plan. And I got to this point where, you know, I, I, I hit the point where I could quit my job and, and retire. And my plan was just to do nothing. In fact, I, I took a trip out to Hawaii and I lived there for, for two months and I was just miserable. And I couldn't figure out why. It's like, you know, when you got everything that, that you wanted, and there were kind of two components to this that I discovered, which is that anytime that you have like a major goal in life and you reach that goal, you're going to be disappointed because you now lost focus. Like you had this thing you're driving to and now your life, it became the meaning for your life. And now you lost meaning. And so that's what happens. I lost this meaning because my whole, I spent years and years trying to become financially free and to retire young. And I did it. And now what do I do? Now now like now what what is my it's it's not about playing video games and having your time and it, it's about drive and focus and, and moving in a direction. So I realized that the problem that I had is that my goals were what I what I wanted to get instead of what I wanted to become. And then I had to make that mental shift and I realized that goals are just are just, you know, stakes that you put in the ground in order to move you in the direction that you want to go in life. There it's not about the goal. It's not about the thing that you get, it's about who you become in that process. And so then I was able to make new goals because before it didn't make sense to make new goals because it's like okay we're already hit what I was trying to do so so you know what's we're gonna now enjoy it right you should <laughs> otherwise you're not going to enjoy your life but but then I when I made that mindset shift I was like okay so let me set a goal that's where I started running marathons actually after that point so I was like well what's the point the point is is that if I can run 26.2 miles I'm going to become tougher I'm going to become stronger and that's what my objective is is, is to keep on doing that. So my business goal, why, why make more money so that I can become better so I can uh, become smarter and and better at business and, and the, the enjoyment of improving myself and and taking on these challenges. And that's really what it became. And and that's what I, you know, had that big insight was that, okay, if you just get what you want in life, you're going to be miserable, right? That's, that's not, not the the point. The point is, is that you're constantly growing and developing. That's what makes happiness. And, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. He says, if you're not uh, growing, you're dying. Right. And that's so true. and I didn't realize that in life until I got to that point. And a lot of people think I'm crazy. They're like, no, no, I, I would be happy in your position. I would. But it's, it's, you know, it's not true. Like you, you wouldn't be happy, uh, you know, because you have to be constantly growing and moving in a direction. Otherwise, you know, just like a shark, if it doesn't stop, if it stops swimming, it, it dies. It, it's same thing with us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying you felt hopeless, and now that you you know you have other goals to pursue, and you know, it's about you becoming who you're becoming. Um, I just thought that was a great piece. So even for myself personally, uh, so now I kind of want to talk about the marketing because everyone, a lot of the authors that you work with, they throw their book up on Amazon, they think, okay, that's it. Like I got my book, people are going to come running for the from the hills. You started out with, from what I've heard from you here uh, over the course of this episode, is you really started out with one audience. And then you kept finding ways to serve that audience and in other ways. And it grew. I want to dive into the specifics of it. But I mean, I'm assuming even the, the bulldog mentality still applies very heavily to that initial core set uh, you know, of followers that you, know, you had. How did you get... Uh, a question I love to ask people who have built big followings is on your... We'll start with your blog. How did you get your first 100 subscribers?
1: Yeah. So with that, it was just being prolific. Just writing consistently and being prolific because I sucked as a writer. I mean, look at my first blog post, and I mean, I'm not a writer. I was a horrible, horrible writer. I, in fact, in high school, I was in all the AP courses in biology, mathematics, you know, history, all that stuff, except I was not in AP English. And, and I talked to the AP English teacher. And I was like, look, I'm in all the other AP courses. And she's like, no, your writing is just not very good. You're just not a good writer. It's just, it, she was like, that's I, not the thing for you.
0: I love and, uh, that. About so many authors, their English teachers tell them they're just absolute, just shit. And it's yeah. just, it's funny.
1: And so, but but just like anything in life, if you just do it every day, you're going to get good at it, right? And even, you know, one thing I like about about writing is I don't have to obey any kind of grammar or, or style. Like I just, I, I write a lot conventionally like you're speaking. And I find that people relate to that actually better. So it was kind of interesting that I, I didn't get, you know, all of that education in, in writing that that would have actually hindered me. But, um, but yeah, so I basically, uh, you know, got to the to, got to that that point where I was I was able to uh, write and I wrote, wrote every day and being prolific is, is like one of the you know I was just doing a video on this on YouTube and I was saying like one of the, the best strategies in life like for success it's almost a guaranteed one is just to be ridiculously prolific just to just put in way more work than you know anyone can have a YouTube channel that has a hundred thousand subscribers it's, it's not hard uh, just make five videos a day I guarantee you that you will do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in a year you'll do it. Cause if you, you think about it, anyone who does five, videos a day, heck, even spread it across five channels. So we have one video on every channel per day. And you might say, well, that's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. You could definitely do that. If you spent eight hours a day making videos, there's, there's no question you become so good at it as well that you're, you're going to, it's going to guarantee you success. So I, I think that's like this brute force method. And that's kind of what I did. And I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I was just like, okay, I'm committing to just writing these blog posts. And I kept on writing blog posts and writing, writing, and writing. And I didn't focus on the, the results, right? You have to kind of divorce yourself from the results. Instead, I just focused on the process because that's the thing, is that's a secret to life. It's like if you if you realize that, you know, just like I said about this example, if you set out and said, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna have a hundred thousand subscribers on a YouTube channel, and you you said, okay, I'm gonna do five videos a day. And you start monitoring your progress over like two weeks, you would quit because you would say it's not working. <laughs> but if you just put your head down and just said, "Look, this process makes sense. Like, there's no way that this doesn't succeed if I follow through." And you did it for a full year, then you would see results. So that's what ended up happening with the blog was I, I didn't. I, I thought just my mom and and some of my coworkers were were reading the blog, and I just had my head down. And I was like, I'm just going to keep on writing and keep on writing. And then about a year later, I was like, "Wait a minute! I'm getting like 300 visitors per day. That cannot just be my mom and my coworkers. There's someone else out there that's listening to this. That's that's reading this what I'm writing. And that's really, you know, it. it I feel like in any kind of avenue like this, it takes about a year to see any results at all, and then it takes two years to get traction." Like you have to be consistent for that amount of time. And if you're not, you know, you're going to drop off and, and, and give up and just like most people do. So
0: I love that. And yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. It's yeah, even, you know, I think I don't know, if you had some initial things that you embarked on where you tried it for like a month or two and then you just give up you're like, oh, I didn't see the results. And there's so many people that try their entrepreneurial thing or, you know, try their, you know, to market their book or whatever. And it's like after a month or two, they just give up. And it's like, you didn't really try, like you need to be consistent. Exactly. Um, was there anything that had to change to get from, you know, I think you mentioned 40,000 subscribers at the time that you launched soft skills. Was it, how did you, was there anything you had to change or what was the evolution like getting to 40,000?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, initially I I just had the blog, right. And uh, and, and it took some time to, to grow that. I had to learn some things, right. Because at first, I think when I first created the blog, I had an opt in that was subscribed to my newsletter, whatever and it's like that has like a point 0. zero you know point one percent conversion rate right It's like then I realized okay, there's stuff that you can do that's gonna get a two or three percent conversion rate on your blog, so that really increased the growth, like you know hammering that down, figuring that that piece out and then uh and then I started actually the YouTube channel as well, and at first, when I was doing the YouTube channel, I was doing like one video a week, and I was trying to be really. Cautious to be. I didn't want to offend anyone, so I'd be like, ah, you know, I kind of think, I kind of think this, but you know, you might disagree with me, which is fine. But you know, and uh, and that's not that's not how you you create an audience. You create an audience by being polarizing, right? If you look at the world today, you know, as crazy as it is, it is completely polarizing, <laughs> and there's all kinds of, of people that have have created huge audiences being polarizing, but especially in politics. But that's what I found is that... uh, So so what I started doing was I stopped holding back and I just started giving my opinion and and being myself. And so I remember making this shift in YouTube was really where, where the shift really started. And I started doing two videos a day uh, and three on Sundays because I, I had this goal of, of hitting the hundred thousand subscribers. I actually did what what I was just saying. Is my, my plan was if I had two thousand videos in the channel, I would have a hundred thousand subscribers because everyone that I knew that had hundred that, that had two thousand videos had at least that many, right? So it was like okay, I just have to do this. So I started making two videos a day. And I started just talking about whatever I wanted. And I started just talking about however I wanted I, I went through this period of finding your voice, right? Where at one point I was making these videos and every other word was, it was F-bomb. I was dropping <laughs> profanities all over the place, right? Because I was like, I can do this. So I will do this, right? And then that was too extreme. And then I- you Very know,
0: Vaynerchuk I, approach to videos. Uh,
1: yeah. But before I was like, you know, too conservative, right? And so I found like, you find your voice, you find the middle ground. And that carried over to my writing as well. And, you know, I'm actually going to revise the complete software developer career guide, because there's a lot of profanity in that, because I was, you know, I was like, but it sold really well. But now I'm I'm like, okay, that's not exactly who I am anymore. It's not necessary at this point, but it was kind of necessary to find my voice. So I think a lot of it was just you know being willing to be polarizing and being willing to find your own voice and then and then being prolific. That's, that's what was the thing that got me to uh, that, that su- super growth period. So
0: that's the formula. Another last question I always like to ask authors are, what is something that you did marketing for your book that you would recommend to others ten times over? And then what is something that you can tell people right now? Don't even waste your money on this. you won't get a return. you know, put your efforts elsewhere.
1: I mean, the biggest thing I could say honestly is grow an audience first. I know some people have been successful writing books and then building an audience off of the book. But it is so, so difficult to do, especially with everyone can put, there's no bar to barrier to entry to write a book anymore. There used to be right. And then in that case, you know, back in the day, maybe like 20, 30 years ago, if you got a book published, and the only way to get it published was through a publishing company, you're going to probably have some success on, on, on that because that's, you know, that was, there was such a, a huge gatekeeper, but anyone can write a book. So the problem is is not the book or the quality of the book. And even to a degree, the marketing, and, and because you have to have an audience to market too, right? So my, my advice is focus on building an audience first, build enough of an audience so that when you sell that book, you can get it on the rank, on the ranking on Amazon, because then it's more likely to get that organic exposure and, and stick there. So focus on that. And then the other thing I'd say about that is, you know, have an email list so that you can send out emails to people when you launch the book and have a kind of a plan with every launch that I do for a book, I I sort of have a formula for this where I'm prepping the list ahead of time. And then I like to send out a copy. I I get a sort of a smaller group of people and I say, hey, uh, you know, if you want to get an early version of this book, just join, you know, you click this link and you can join, you can become a a beta reader of the book. The only thing I ask is that is two things. One, when it launches on launch day, buy the book. Okay, so you'll, you'll pay for it then. Uh, and then, and second, leave an honest review. Doesn't and and again, I'd be real careful. Don't tell people to leave five star reviews. Don't because then you're, you're getting into dangerous yeah. territory. But yeah. but there's nothing Amazon can say if you if you tell people, hey, I'm leave an honest review, right? right. That's and, and they purchase the book, right? Because that's the other thing is I'm not just giving them a copy of the book. You know, I, I think that you might be able to get away with that, but I'm I want them to purchase the book so that it goes up on the on the rankings on Amazon as well, but. Every book that I launch on the first day, it has at least fifty to one hundred reviews on it, and most people are going to leave five star reviews. In fact, I don't want all five star reviews on no. it. Like, I really want ninety percent you know, five star and ten percent one star. That's yeah. that's the ideal ratio if I could get that because I want someone to really give a scathing review for the book, and then someone looks at that and they're like, "That's ridiculous. This guy is such a jerk," you know, and then they get all all pissed off and definitely really buy happens. the book, yeah. you know. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, And then one thing that you can tell people absolutely avoid, don't waste your money. You've tried this marketing in the past and it just hasn't worked. Um,
1: let me see. I, I feel like, well, running ads, like regular Facebook ads for, for a book, unless I, I feel like, unless you have a funnel and you have, or you have a series or something like that, it's just, it's really hard to make any money on Facebook if you're not selling a thousand dollar product. If you're selling a book that's like ten dollars or twenty bucks, and you're not even getting all of that, it's just—I I don't know how you could possibly do it unless you have a back end funnel that you can you can track things with. So I think doing that kind of of marketing is just is just a waste. I think a lot of people think, "Okay, I'm going to do an ad, you know, and we're going to do this big launch for the book," but they're not tracking the the results of their of, of what they're doing right so when I did some of the bigger launches I scheduled a bunch of podcast interviews I had some people do some affiliate deals with their list right I was sending emails to my list I was doing some Amazon ads all those things were kind of tractable uh, that that I could you know get that the data from so, uh, so yeah I, I would I would say avoid kind of you know Facebook ads expensive ads that you think are gonna you know it's it's not gonna work.
0: That's very helpful. And your reviews clearly worked because there's uh, over 800 reviews for those listening on the Complete Software Developer's Guide. So the review strategy definitely works. John Summers, it has been such a pleasure having you. All of this has been incredibly useful and actionable and looking forward to uh, continue watching your journey and and see what you get up to.
1: Yeah, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. I know this is just one of the hundred ways you could have spent this time. If it met the goal from the beginning of the episode or didn't, please leave me a review so I can continue to improve the show. Reviews also help us to bring on bigger and bigger authors and entrepreneurs with even better book marketing blueprints to share with us. That's all I have until next time.